You can say, I'm happy, healthy, vital, active, successful human being, yada, 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 whatever it is, but it's in first person so that your brain, your mammalian brain goes, oh, she wants to have a great experience today. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nace invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nace. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and today I have a special guest. I call her Dr. Pat because I don't want to butcher her last name. But how do you say your last name? What's like my last name? It's like Boulogne. Okay. Cologne with a B. Got you. So Dr. Pat Boulogne. So what I like to do, Dr. Pat, is have you introduce yourself to my audience and tell them who you are, what it is exactly you do. And then we're going to rock and roll, as I like to say. Well, I am, you know, I'm an... I've been telling people, I'm on a girlfriend tour, so I'm visiting all my girlfriends. Um, I left Florida on the 15th of June. I stopped at my brother's house, and I just told this guy, I said, my mother was rolling over in her grave because she was so happy because my brother and I had such a great time together. And, <laughs> um, and then I started visiting my girlfriends up the East Coast, and that's where I'm at right now. I am in um, Hillsdale, New York, Okay. and it's really a special place. My neighbors are cows. So I've been able to do some writing, like not sometimes have, you know, t- uh, cell phone, you know, you can't use cell phones up here. It's against the law, <laughs> almost. but it's, it's been really, really lovely. So what do I do? And someone said to me the other day that, wow, you're really such a good grace magnet. And, you know, and I said, you know, and because I was telling him a story um, recently that, you know, when, um, and I, I go, and I think things happen for a reason. And right. if you don't get upset about the cycle of, of that happening and the reason. So I would tell people in my professional life as a doctor that I no longer exactly practice being a doctor. But what I do is I help people fix their lives and fix their health so that they can get past whatever is making them resistant to that change or where they're stuck so they can have an exponential life. Okay. You know, and I love seeing people have those breakthroughs. You know, and and some things that come to me so easily, I have girlfriends that say, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you go up and have this immediate conversation and engagement with people who you don't know? You know, and I usually give people that when I do that a hard time. <laughs> and so, you know, and 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 to have that piece of the puzzle. So I help people to have those some of those breakthroughs in the same experiences. And and to have some common sense about it. So you make sense of it so that you can take the appropriate action so that you can get unstuck and you can move forward, no matter what it, whatever it is. Right. And don't you love when you see the lights come on, like you said, or see they have that breakthrough? Uh, like oh, yeah. In the, in the field that I work in, and it's sometimes very tough, right, where it, they don't have that breakthrough or they just look at you like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'll be fine, <laughs> right? Like and you're wacko. <laughs> right. And, but unfortunately, in, in, in the addiction field, right, that can sometimes kill a person, right? Because if they think they can get, you know, okay, I feel good. I've been sober for 30 days. You know, I can I can do it again. It'll be different, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, as you probably know and read in the news everywhere, that fentanyl crisis is no joke. It's real. 
it's it's very real mm-hmm. and, and so i'm like you right i love when i just see the lights start coming on and they're like okay maybe he's talking about there is another life out there for me it's, instead of this you know becoming homeless and losing my family and nobody wants me around mm-hmm. and right and you know it took me a while to get to that hey. point where the light came on and you know, here I am almost 20 years later, and I get to speak to you and have you on my podcast, Thank right? You. If you would have asked me that 19 years ago, I would have said, Dr. Pat, I don't think the medicine you gave me is working because there's something wrong with you, you know, but well, I've been told that too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like I recently, my friend here has a friend of hers that has some heart issues. And I said, I'm not a heart doctor. I said, but what I can tell you is, is that if you don't eat your proper nutrition, you're you're like, what you eat is so essential because you need Mm. to break down those components of what you eat so they can be absorbed. If your gut's damaged, then food's going into your blood system sooner and you're not metabolizing your food correctly. I mean, that doesn't serve anybody. I mean, it doesn't. And if you've got kids, you've got to think about like, you know, it's just like, so what's important to you? Like, you know, it's just like, so it's like taking a natural product that's known in the past because all chemicals for drugs came from a herb at some point in time. Right. You know? And so I go, what's the problem? I mean, to me, it's just like, it's black and white and it's on the wall. Um, And, you know, in, in giving suggestions to people, sometimes it's just hard. Like, it's like, it's not, Maybe it's not what you say because people learn in three different ways. They either learn by feeling, right? And that's touch. Mm -hmm. They learn visually or they learn auditorily. And so if you're talking to somebody who is a a visual learner, but you're an auditory learner, you're going to automatically talk in that language of being an auditory learner. You're going to say, I hear that. Instead of saying, look at the beautiful ocean. It's so beautiful, that crystal blue, you know, and and the person's going, but I hear the waves crash, you know, the the waves are crashing. I mean, that's what they hear. (laughs) And so it, but it's like, it's learning to like how to parlay that conversation with somebody in their, in their learning styles. Because if you can do that and speak their language, that's when you see the bigger breakthroughs. That's when you have that. Wow, it's a great ha-ha moment. <laughs> you know, it's well, that's, right. that's fun. Because then they feel like you understand them, right? If mm-hmm. you're teaching them in their learning style, right? Instead of, right. like you said, because if I'm doing it in my style and you have, say, I have the auditory, you have the vision, right? We're going to do this because you're going to go, well, he doesn't understand me. And I'm going to go, she's not getting what I'm trying to teach her, right? Like, ah. It's just like, oh, women. Oh, right. men. You know, <laughs> right. it's just like, no wonder we don't understand each other. You know, but the, you know. I, like I've I've seen some really interesting breakthroughs with people. You know, I had a, a woman who wrote a, a letter to her husband. She was so mad at him, and he lived in a different state. And she was trying to get him to move to California. And so on her California, and so she said, "Can I read you the letter?" And I said, "Well, tell me how many pages it is." And she goes, "It's five pages." I said, "I don't want to hear five pages." I mean, she's paying me for this, by the way. So it's right. just like, I don't, want, I don't want to hear five pages. I guarantee you that he's not going to read it. Tell me what the first three sentences say. And so the first three sentences, I said, he's never going to read that. And I said, so I see, you know, when he describes something, does he talk in colors? Does he talk like in noises? Like, does he talk like, you know, like the door slam, you know, really was irritating or like Neil's going across the chalkboard, right. you know, stuff like that. And so, she, you know, and so we identified that he was a 
very visual, you know, and I said, so why don't you say something nice to him about how he looked last time you saw him in the suit that you saw him in, you know, or whatever he was wearing um, and, and where you're at. So you're going to say the blue water, you're not going to say the, the, and the sound of the waves is not do anything for him, right. you know? And I said, but the biggest thing you have to really write to him at, at the age of his immaturity and she said, what do you mean? I said, when he gets upset, what age does he act like? And she said, 10. It was like, was like not even like a breath, you know, 10 came out. And I said, then you have to write that letter to a 10-year-old and it can't be any more than one page. And it was like, why do I have to do all the work? And I said, because you're the one that wants to stay married. If you didn't want to do that, you would just move on. And I said, but if you want to have your voice heard, you have to speak how people hear you. And so, and it was like this, then like, it was like, oh, and the next time I talked to her, she goes, oh my God, Dr. Pat, this is the first time in 17 years I felt like myself. I mean, when I hear that, I'm going like, that's why I do what I do. And sometimes I'm very super direct and someone goes like, Doc, you know, my girlfriend used to tell her son, Dr. Pat doesn't really mean to sound like that to you. Because <laughs> I would just tell him, Sam, put your stuff away, you know, and I had just had my father's voice. I said, Pat, you got to clean up, you know, and I go, if you want to go to the store with me, you got to clean up. I said, I'm not taking you. The, all those toys are on the floor. They go in the, the your bin for them. And then we go, my mom doesn't make me do that. And I said, well, I'm not your mom. (laughs) And I said, so you can stay here or else I go, you know, play with your toys. I'm going, but you're going to be in the house by yourself. (laughs) And she's like, and then he would start crying when he was a kid, you know, but in my, my favorite moment with him was when he thought he could put, pull something over on somebody like me. And he was planting the, those little carrot sticks. Oh, okay. You know, and he was putting them in the in the in the bushes. <laughs> and I told him that next year when the the carrots grow, I said there's going to be some nice carrots growing right in this area right here. And he goes, "Do you really think so?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "You know," I said, "I go. They like to eat carrots, the bush." I said, "So it's good that you're putting the carrots there." You know, and he's going, "Am I going to get in trouble with my mom?" Won't tell her. <laughs> you know, but it's just like in this, it's about perception, right? right. You know, it's like a perception of a, a five-year-old kid and a perception as an adult. So it's just, you know, it makes those moments really, really special, no matter That's who right. you're talking to. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You know and when they, when someone has that childhood experience as an adult of putting carrots someplace, they think they're going to grow. It's like, you know, it's like you can, that carries them through, you know, that might carry them through weeks and months and years, right? you know, because they already know they're not going to grow. They're just hiding them. <laughs> right. Right. right? <laughs> they're just hiding them. So tell my audience a little bit, give them a little background of where you've come from, like some of the challenge you've, challenges you've experienced, right? That brought you to where you're at today, becoming an author and a coach and helping executives and I would I would love that. That's such a great question. You know, I didn't really answer your other question, but this will answer that also for your your listenership. I'm originally from the Midwest. And um, when I went to, I've always been an out-of-the-box thinker. And my father always told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I was the only girl in a six-block radius. So I played every sport that guys played. And I usually played them better, you know, because I wasn't, <laughs> I, I was fearless. I didn't care. 
I mean, it's right. just like play football, you know, someone said, kick the football and run to that corner. I ran to that corner. If somebody was in my way, I busted through them, you know, and just kept on running. Right. And one day my father told me I couldn't play football anymore because I was going to get hurt. And as the boys were getting bigger and I was getting bigger and I, and he goes, and plus they're after you because you're doing it better than they can. So he's talking about their egos. Right. right. And so <clears throat> So that went on through my life. And then I decided to go to chiropractic school. And he asked me why I wanted to be a quack. And I said to him, I go, chiropractors aren't quack. You have, you know, he had, was very well educated and he had a, a master's in um, electrical engineering, you know, from MIT. And I said, you're wow. really smart, you know? And I said, so why would you say something like quack? You right. know, and he was trying to be funny, but he was never, he was that electrical engineer kind of personality, like nothing he ever said was funny. Right. And so um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like, and neither were his friends. And so, um, you know, and then I told him that I was going to go to school. And he said, well, if you go to chiropractic school, I'm not paying for it because he wanted me to be an electrical engineer as he thought I could name my price. But we all know that's not true. Right. You know, we all know that women don't get paid as much as men do doing the same job. You know, in especially in a specialty thing, even back then. I mean, they right. were lucky you got your consider consider yourself lucky you got the job. So I decided to become a chiropractor and nobody could dictate to me how much I can or I can't make. You right. know, and my father was horrified. So I when I left, I applied to school, got accepted, and when I went to school, you know, I did it on student loans. And my father said, you know, it's just like I'd come home, but he'd be really interested. And then one time I ran out of money. And so on that running out of money part, you know, um, I didn't get my student loan in time. And I called him up and said, I need some money because my student loan is delayed for about two or three weeks, maybe a month. And I said, and I need, this is how much money I would have got from my student loan. Can you give me some money so I can pay my rent and eat? And um, in by books, <laughs> medical books are expensive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he said, hmm, I'll send you 300 bucks. My rent was 400. <laughs> and I was just thinking, this isn't going to work. I said, you know what? Don't send me anything. I'll figure it out. And I hung the phone up on him. And I just sat there and I thought to myself, Hmm, how the heck am I going to do this? And out of the clear blue sky, because I believe that there was something out there that was going to deliver that. Right. A friend of mine from school who I don't know, other than her name, she's in my class, you know, um, she said, you look forlorn. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, what happened? I said, my, my student loans are delayed and my father wanted to send me 300 bucks. I said, between my gas and my expenses, it's like four, at least $400. This is back in 1981. This is not clearly 2022 prices. Right. You know, we would be talking 30, like, you know, like $5,000 instead of the $400. Right. And so at any rate, she said, oh, I just got my student loan in. You know, and um, I said, oh, that, that's great. She goes, let me write you a check. I got my checkbook right here. How much money do you need? I said, $400, $500 is fine. And so she wrote, she goes, okay. And she wrote the check. She goes, how do you spell your last name? Because <laughs> um, my last name was funny, right? And so she does, you know, she writes the check and she hands it to me, folded up, and she walked away. And I said, I go, her name was Katie. I said, Katie, 
And I said, thank you so much. And she said, she turned around, looked at me. She goes, open the check. She gave me $1,500. Oh, wow. And I just was like, and I said, I was was absolutely speechless because I'm thinking, what if my money doesn't come in that I'm going to owe her the $1,500, you know, and she's not going to have money to go to school on. And it was just like that first thought, you know, and she just looked at me and she taught me something really important about when people give you something, you just say, thank you. And she said, it'll all work out. Don't worry. You know, you know, and I had a really similar experience like that with my dad. She said, she goes, trust me, I'm better than your dad. (laughs) And she just, and she just laughed. So I ended up getting that money, you know, from her. It made all the difference. It took the stress off. I was able to study, not think about, you know, um, like, or borrowing somebody else's car, you know, car doing that thing. I've had experiences like that. You know, I also have had health challenges where, you know, um, I was went in for a procedure. And this is the reason why I like to help people because I like helping people have clarification about what kind of information that they get. That's why I coach, I mentor, I consult is so that I can funnel down the information so it makes sense. And so, you know, your next best step. Okay. You know, and you're not wasting your time, your energy, or your money. So you have clarity of mindset and you have clarity of health. And so, you know, in that piece of the puzzle, they told me one thing, they did something else in the procedure. So I had to go back and repeat the procedure six months later. Wow. You know, and I first started to feel like a victim going like, here I go, typical Western medicine, screwing up, you know, and then I decided, what did I need to learn from that experience? You know, it's just like on the first case, I learned to say thank you. You know, in this case, I learned to start doing better research because if I wanted to have, you know, ask questions, I needed to have better, I needed to have better information to ask the questions. Because if you're given the wrong information and you're asking questions on the wrong information, you're only going to get answers on the wrong information. Right. It's not going to bust you out of where you're at, where you're stuck at, you know, especially when you're talking about your health. And So, you know, I just learned to do my own research. And when people say, well, that doesn't, when something doesn't make sense to me, I look up why it doesn't make sense to me. You know, and when people have, you know, when I I had clients who have, you know, like, you know, their brother came into town and like they went from being a normal person to being an absolute mess. Why does that person trigger you? Right. And why do you respond to them in that fashion? How about just pushing their energy back and saying, oh, thanks for sharing that with me. When yeah. I learned that, I learned that when I was getting divorced, when my husband would try to derail me and I would, I would catch it. I didn't ever catch some of the times when he's like pressing those buttons. Right. right. But I caught it. I started catching onto it. And every time he said it, I would simply say to him, Wow, and push my hand back, like and push his energy back to say thanks for sharing it with me. You know, and I would walk out of the room. And it's things that were used to bother me that would like, you know, make me misjudge myself and make me second guess myself stop happening. Just with like that one piece of the puzzle. Because I decided, and when I taught my clients and taught my patients, if you believe in your desire. You know, and you, your belief and desire takes you to a new level, you know, then you can have anything that you want. 
Right. And you can overcome any problem that you have. It's just putting it in, funneling it into like what's really going on and what level of going on-ness is happening and what you have the capacity to control and do. Because a lot of times people are always trying to control something else that they have no control over, which wastes their time, their energy, and their money, and their sanity. Right. Um, Right. And it's just like being sane to me is more important than money. Absolutely. You know, and like when I when I sold my practice, someone said, like, you're selling a gold mine, Dr. Pat. And I said, Well, my gold mine's not gonna help me if I'm dead. Right. You know, and I said, so, you know, I go, I'll tell you. And I said, I go, I had no like remorse or no looking back at that, you know, when I decided to go do that, because I just knew that it was time for me to leave Cape Cod and I went to the city. And I had a blast. I hit, you know, I did a lot of, you know, things that I would never have had the opportunity to do if I was still on the Cape. You know, I'd like people, I'd meet pe- the people who I'd meet and saying like, oh, are, you know, are you a model? Because <laughs> I'm six feet tall, you know, and I had dark hair and I had no lines on my face in my 40s. And so they... You know, and I would say like, no, they go, you should be, I need a model. You know, I need a model for this, um, this, this program that I'm doing. And so I went, I said, because I don't say no to a good invite. When I have, it's always been a, a bad trajectory in my life. You know, it's just like it always created havoc someplace else. So when somebody wants to buy me a drink, I go, thank you. You know, when somebody right. wants to invite me on their podcast like you, I say, absolutely. You know, because people, if you don't share your information, you know, people get hindered. And there might be that one person that's in your listenership that's going like, oh, okay. You know, and sometimes you talk to people that right side and their left side will never be together. So you can't take it personally, you know, and when you, (laughs) and when you recognize that fact, it's like a lot of times those people are your family. Um, But when you recognize that fact, right, you can (laughs) for sure, right? And you're thinking, Whatever made you do that? You know, you're saying that to yourself and you're going like, well, you know, you just say poor thing, you know, and you bless them for the highest good and move on. And so it's even, I mean, people who, you know, I didn't have a great divorce, but like my husband now, my ex-husband, when he messages me, he goes, you know, um, you know, um, sweetie Patty or something like that. I'm going... You know, if you talked to me like this when I was married, I never would have got married. I wouldn't have got divorced from you. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know, and so we, but it's, it's those, those things and how we interact with people. Right. And there's you know, something you said that I, right. And I believe, right. Like the, like when you're going through something, what did you learn from it? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I ask that question all the time. <laughs> right. Saying thank you. And, and then and anything we go through in life. Right. Um, and you'll find out that's right. A big reason I put the why in fearless happiness in my book is awesome, right? Because, you know, when I was in my addiction, I got to tell you, Dr. Pat, like I was the biggest victim there was, right? Like it was everybody else's fault, mm-hmm. you know, like it was my father. Black cloud. Who, yeah. The, <laughs> my dad who passed away, it was his fault. Cause how dare he pass away. Right. And mm-hmm. You know, well, I haven't our, said I'm sorry yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or my mom's fault for being the best mom, you know, to me and my brother and my other sibling, mm-hmm. you know, what I, but mm-hmm. how dare you yeah. not give me what I want when I want it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I've learned that life. And I talk about this a lot on here with my guests like yourself. They talk about like how life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And then we learn how to, instead of reacting to certain things, right? And people, like you said, are so different, um, right? Where some people react, you know, and they, they withdraw and isolate, right? Where a lot of the time when I was in my addiction, I would get angry and, and point the finger at mm-hmm. everybody. And it was your fault. You're really and, angry at yourself. You, Exactly. Right. Because then right? my, my mentors, my sponsor would point out to me, remember when you're pointing that finger, say, oh yeah, look at those three fingers pointing back at you, you know, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Right. But so yep. I've learned that uh, it's much better to respond to people or to situations in life instead of reacting. And that like you, I'm always asking, what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Like today, like, mm-hmm. what am I going to learn from Dr. Pat? Because this is going to be a great conversation. And what am I here to learn? And, you know, what is my audience? Hopefully they learn a lot. Because that's why I, you know, like to invite people like yourselves who have life experience, who've written books and who, you know, have been around a while that can say like, look, this is what's going to happen. You can't always get mad at situations and blame everybody, learn from it and move on. Right. Well, you know, you can ask yourself, you know, another simple question, you know, it's just like, what's, you know, you can say, what's this really about? You know, when you're looking at something, you're saying like, what is really happening here? You know, because it looks like, you know, you've got sibling rivalry and stuff like that. But what's really happening here is like, when you were a kid, you were treated better than they were. I was the spoiled fifth kid in the family. And so I used to get like, you're so spoiled. Dan spoiled you all the time, you know? And I was just like, <laughs> and I go, you had him wrapped right around your finger. And, um, you know, I just knew to ask my, how to ask my father for stuff. My mother, forget about it. My mother and I were like fire and ice. Um, but she also, you know, was very, you know, what, you know, later on, you know, what I learned, figured out, excuse me, it said she was very jealous of me because she didn't get any of my father's attention. Their marriage was already falling apart. And when I came along, you know, was right when that was stuff was happening. So I got to soak up, you know, all the great stuff. Let's go play archery. Let's go tobogganing, you know, let's go for a car ride, you know, all that stuff like this, you know? And so I always made my mother at fault, just like, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, like it's always was my mother's fault. You know, why stuff happened. And she actually did stuff that was like, you know, you even today you'd go, who does that anyway? Right. <laughs> you know, that question. But for, you know, what, what I think a lot of people, they're angry and they don't realize that they're angry and how their anger expresses themselves is taken out on other people. You know, oh, yeah. it's take it's taken out, you know, and you don't, you know, and you have to like go back and you have to say like, when my girlfriend went through recovery for AA, I mean, I left her at her house in New Jersey and I, um, she decided to go out and party with some people and she brought people back from a bar that she didn't know. And she had this studio apartment in New Jersey, someplace near Patterson or something like that. And we're still really good friends. Um, but it took a while, but when she did that, so get these people out of here, you know, they were smoking, you know, right. they're doing, you know, other stuff, you know, and, um, and, you know, and then I, when I got up the next morning, I just like hovered in my energy and enclosed my energy. I packed my stuff up, took a shower and walked out her front door. And I, the first thing I asked somebody was, how do you get to LaGuardia airport from here? <laughs> and this person's looking at me like I'm crazy. And they go, do you know where you're at? And I said, and I, thought, I think they thought I was high or something. And I said, yeah, I'm in New Jersey. I need to get to LaGuardia Airport. I got to catch a flight. And um, 
they just said to me, there's a bus at the end of the road. It cost $2.10 or something, whatever it was. Right. And they made sure I had enough money. And I got on the bus, which took me into New York City, which I was able to get use my credit card to buy a ticket and got from there to LaGuardia Airport. And I was back in Boston at my car in less than five hours. Wow. So I always think that in like, and for her learning lesson from that, when she called me up and asked me to forgive her because it was her really bad time and I couldn't stay in that environment. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, she's, you know, I said to her, of course I'll forgive you, you know? And I said, what can I do to support you being better you? And I think, you know, when we're in relationships and relationships aren't going well, if you really think about how you treated that person when they first got involved with them, people change because your expectation is I'm supposed to, you're supposed to pay attention to me and you're not, you're over there talking to that guy or you're over there, you know, doing X, Y, and Z when all you have to do is walk up and say like, Hey, my name is, you know, Max. You know, and it's just like, and, you know, and just, and just get involved in the conversation as opposed to being intimidated by that situation. I mean, we read so many things into things and those reading those signs that aren't necessarily there because of how we were raised and the messages that we got when we were growing up, you know, puts us at a huge disadvantage, you know, instead of saying like, okay, is that real or not? And my mindset is, is that, you know, and a lot of, you know, I, I can tell you when I was at my chiropractic practice by myself and I hang out with a bunch of guys during a seminar, if I ever went to go meet their wives, they're like, um, I'm married. And I'm going, good. I go, you're not that good looking anyway. You know, <laughs> and I said, so like, honey, you get, like, you can get in line. Um, and so, but it's just like, there was that worry, like, what's their wife going to think? You know, all you got to do is just go talk to the wife, say like, do you know, I go, I said, we had such a great time in this class together. And, you know, these guys going, oh, Patricia, you got to come visit us sometime, you know? And it's just like, if you're ever like traveling through that part of it, as I just think you just have to treat people how you want to be treated yourself. And you have to be as honest with yourself as you are with other people, Absolutely. you know? And if you have no intention for somebody's husband, it's not going to come across like that, even if you're very talkative, right? Absolutely. You know, and even if you're all chiropractors, generally speaking, the cool ones are very huggy, like huggy, right. kissy, you know, to their, their clients and, and their other friends, because you want, you know, your hands are on people all the time looking at what this, where's the misalignment in their spine. Right. You know, because people hold all that energy inside their body and it makes them sick when they do it too much too, and too long. And that's so true, right? That's why, like, people that go through EMDR therapy, right? They mm-hmm. say the brain stores that trauma in other parts of the body. And that's why they have PTSD or, or whatever mm-hmm. the symptoms are, right? And um, yep. I know it's, that's so true because I know when I worry and or I'm really stressed out, my lower back hurts the worst. It's like yeah. someone kicked me in the lower back and I'm like, oh. and I, that's where I had a doctor say, you're carrying all your stress in your lower back. Well, you are, but gravity goes down too, you know, right. from up down, unless you had a trauma that from like you landed off a ladder or something on your feet and it went the other way. But, you know, when I hear low back, I always think of Louise Hay and Louise Hay wrote this book 
I don't remember the name of it. Um, but she wrote this book and uh, she was saying different parts of your body, like what does that relate to, but like part of your spine. And right. she would say the low back relates to fear of the future, you know, and um, and I can't remember the other part of it. It's like fear of the future and maybe um, relationship. It was fear of the future and relationship, you know. So when, you know, you have stress, if you can't deflect the stress, you just send it out, you just take it and collect it in your hand and you bless it for its highest good and you let it go. <laughs> and, you know, right. and, the, and a lot of that, the action of that, you know, is true. But a lot of people carry stress, you know, in their low back because usually when you're stressed, you, you change your position. And, and the year that the, um, was the year before that? It might have been the year before in the, in the Boston Marathon. There was this white guy and he was running, you know, he was smoking. He was so on target. He passed the Kenyan runners. Do you know who the Kenyan runners are? Yeah, they're very okay. known yeah. for their, their long ability to run. And they, yeah. and they don't sweat. I mean, in 86 degree weather, when they pass me, when I've been in, in, uh, at races, like in the summertime on Cape Cod, they don't sweat. I mean, they might be a little damp, but they're not sweating. You know, everybody else is like dying in their drench and that those guys don't sweat. And so, <laughs> but this guy in this race was coming down the road, right? And he was barreling. He was in good shape and he was barreling. All of a sudden, his right shoulder went up. And I was watching the TV because we were in the medical tent and I was watching the TV and I went, oh my God, he's going to lose the race. And everyone looked at me and they go, you're crazy. He's like, you know, like a half mile ahead of everybody at this point in time. I go, no, he's going to lose the race. And I said, his, his structure and function is not working any longer. His right shoulder went up and his body had to accommodate for that, which slowed him down. And the Kenyan runners passed him and the Kenyan runners, what? that race and but it was so interesting to see you know that you know like how your perception because a lot of people wouldn't pick up that nuance of the right shoulder going up you know and then how how does that affect the rest of us so when we pick up garbage in our life or crap from other people right. we store it like that and all of a sudden it's a new normal Instead of like sitting up straight, like I'm not right now, sitting up straight, you know, and making sure that your low back supported and that you're, you're using your posture to maintain the muscle strength for your, your back and for your body. It's like you, when you don't do that, you have a glitch and that glitch will keep on becoming a glitch. So every time that you have a certain physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or social thing happen to you, that's similar to the original incident, that area of your body will always go pop back up. So the idea and like what you can do to fix that is just sit back and think about what is the emotion. And if you identify the emotion and say, okay, so I'm feeling that now, when's the first time I ever felt that emotion? You know, and just say, well, when's the last time before this? So when's the time before that? And when's the time before that? You know, it's just like, and when's the time for I was angry. So it's just like, hmm, so angry relates to the liver, you know, and it's just like, hmm, you know, it's just like, and I don't digest fats very well, you know, and you start thinking about that one piece that you're talking about. You can almost sit there and go like, okay, I remember the first time I ever felt angry. And then if you run that picture in your mind so that you run it like a movie piece right. and you do it and you go like, okay, am I still reactive to it? And if you're still reactive to it, you're not over it. 
<clears throat> so you run it again, you close your eyes and you go from childhood to like when it, like that whole scenario and you run it again, that one incident and you run it again and you run it again and you ask yourself the question, is it a memory or am I still reactive to it? And as soon as you can say like, hmm, and, and it will be like an uplifting experience. It'll have that, you'll, it'll be very, very lifting. You'll be elevating your mind, your body, and your soul. And you'll just have that like, oh, it doesn't bother me anymore. Run it three more times, <laughs> you know, and to really anchor it. And it's just, a, it's a simple technique I teach my clients. Um, and I teach it before because a lot of times, we don't have like something will happen out of the clear blue sky, right. you know, and will set us off. And you're thinking like, oh, I was in such a good mood. What's happened? And then you're thinking that happened. Like, well, how did that make me feel? When's the first time I ever did it? Then you can close your eyes and you'll be gone. You know, and you can have much more command over your inner space, outer space, internal, external, and around your whole environment, you know, and then you can attract. You can do affirmations because affirmations work with your conscious brain. Like when you get up in the morning and say, I am a woman, I am sexy, I'm divine, I'm fearless, <laughs> you right. know, you know, and it's like, you know, or you can say I'm happy, healthy, vital, active, successful human being, yada, 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 whatever it is, but it's in first person so that your brain, your mammalian brain goes, oh, she wants to have a great experience today, you know? And we had a great experience yesterday and you can take a picture of that great experience, that feeling of it and capture it and put it inside your body. And then when you sit there and you go like, okay, I can have this experience and I can move forward with this. So it's very, very cool to be able to do that over and over again. Cause then you have consecutively good days. Cause what you, when the time you wake up and move your head off the pillow to the time you go back to sleep, everything's in your command. Everything's under your control. It's in your ecosystem. Right. You know, somebody says something to you off color at work. You just go, wow, thanks for sharing it with me. Or the thing to ask instead of sitting and pissed off at somebody, just ask a simple question. Like when they say something that doesn't resonate with you, you say, why do you think that way? Like what? Like, you know, so help me understand. Right. You know, what is it about that that you're upset about? You know, and I always tell people never say that they're sorry. Just fix the problem. Ah, I like that. You know, just fix the darn problem. It's just like when, you know, something broke, I broke that. You know, it's just like, what can I do to fix that? I didn't show up. I'm so sorry. What can I do to make it up to you? Or I know that I didn't show up. That's the time to say you're sorry. I know right. I didn't show up. What can I do to make it up to you? You can say it that way too. If anybody ever wants like how to say something, I'm the girl. And uh, and it's just like, tell me what you want to say. And we can go from like a page down to like three sentences or five sentences. Um, a friend of mine taught me that, um, who was an attorney. And he, he was saying like, it's way too long. You're never going to listen. You can't figure it out. But it helps <laughs> you be more direct. And it helps you live your life to your full potential. Because you only have one chance at it in this lifetime. So you might as well do it really good, as, as good as you can do it, Absolutely. right? To eat well, to think well, to move well, to think better, feel better, and do things for everybody else around you without suffering and without sacrificing your career, your relationships, or your life. You know, you can do that. You just have to do, you just have to like be concentric and take a look around you. It's like, what is it that I can do? 
you know, and when somebody asks you to do something, just automatically say yes. Decide if you can actually do that to say, I would like to do that, but I, you know, I have a problem with doing that because it doesn't fit my, you know, my brain cells can't wrap my head around it, you know, or is it okay? Can I do that on Thursday instead of Friday or something like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you'll be able to just intrinsically go in. You know, and I always go back to that. If you believe, you desire, and you expect, you can have anything. You just have to calm down the brain, you know, and right. just like, like, let it peace out and do that thing, you know. And it's just like, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things to always learn in life, you know. It's just like, and what do I learn from it? Right. And it's just like, there's some people I never want to cross paths again with, you know. God bless them. See you later. Bless you for your highest good. Have a good time, <laughs> and, you know. And you know. And there's other people who it's just like, and if I and if I saw them, I'd be like, it'd be okay. But I'm not gonna like. This isn't gonna make me jump up and down, you know. That type of thing for some people. And they're just. It's just what it is. Stop trying to make things happen that aren't gonna ever happen. Exactly. Right. Just work. I always say, just do the best you can do each and every day, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Right. Try to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you talked about because that's the way I I remember when you said think about the first time that that started happening, right? So when I talked about my father passing away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, him and my mom backstory were divorced for when I was young for a long time, right? When I was probably I think their divorce happened right before I went to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, so then I didn't see my dad, right? So you're his, five, right? So his job took him overseas because guess what he was. He was an electrical engineer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So he's the one that worked on all the like in Iran and Iraq. Uh Uh, He was. Oh, my God. He was a guy. So, you knew when I told you that that sense of humor, right? You know, they don't laugh (laughs) (laughs) or they laugh at stuff that you kind of you're like, whoa, that went over my head. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Right. So I, when you said that, it reminded me, I was like, okay, I remember the first day because I hadn't seen him in years. You know, my audience knows this by now, but I want to tell you. So I, he came back and my little brother and I hadn't seen him in a while. Right. And he came back to the States and we were starting to see him and it was like, okay, he goes, Hey, I have to go back to the Philippines to finish up some work, but I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. And it was in January or February, my birth, my birthday's in March. So his promise to me was, I promise I'll be back for your birthday. So March came and went, you know, and as an 11-year-old kid, I'm getting mad, right? I'm like, okay. You're angry. <laughs> I'm very angry, right? And he then I get, you. and then April comes around and then my aunt gives me and my little brother word that my dad had passed away, a massive heart attack at 55 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't Which cry. Which makes you even... Made but it me made more you even angry. more mad, right? Oh, I was, you know what I mean? And how dare he? <laughs> exactly. He didn't when take I care st- of himself. Ex- my mom and my relatives tell me the story when he was younger. He ate whatever he wanted, you know. <laughs> it was have a little uh food with your salt. Uh he was a drinker, right? He was an alcoholic. Uh-huh. But I didn't find this out till I was a year sober. But um when that happened, I reacted. I was pissed off. Excuse my language. But, but you know, I was 11 years old. It's like, how dare you break a promise? Like, I didn't say you could go die, Dad, because you had to keep your promises and come back. Right. right? But in doing the work when I got sober and realizing 
you know, that it wasn't his fault that he died. It was because he didn't take care of himself. But, you know, it's just like, and it must be an electrical engineer type thing, because I always say when I talk on stage, when I'm keynoting, and I always tell a story about my father is that my father was my hero. You know, he, um, you know, he did everything. And so it's like, he told me I could do anything I wanted to do. And he always fed that positivity part of that in me, you know, but he didn't eat didn't take care of himself. He didn't eat well. And he smoked a pipe. Yeah, my you know? dad did the and, roll and your own drank, cigarettes. And he's like, real, he liked his uh, pipe and he also liked a little bit of scotch, you know. And, you know, I said, so like, I'm, you know, I always thought like what I could have done when I was in, in chiropractic school, you know, and what I learned, I had so many resources, you know, that could have helped him stay around because it would have meant the world to me, right. you know. And, um, but, you know, he decided to go have a heart attack and die. So we have that big commonality in that, you know, so it's just like, and it takes a while for you to like, you know, to be able, like nobody sat you down and said, you know, cause at 11, you still had rhyme and reason, you know, even though you're angry, it's just like, so you didn't understand it, you know, but you didn't have a venue or a way to work out that anger so that it was positive experience for you, you know, so you became your father. I became worse. Right. Okay. All right. I must just, I was trying to be nice. And, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but we, we become our parents because we need to work that out. Right. You know, and then, you know, and some people like to never work it out. So they have their whole life, you know, they, they come back and they repeat the same process again and again and again, right. you know, but I'm always going, like I said, I don't want to be my father. I don't want to be my mother, you know, and. I like my mother's ability for her gift to gab. I love my father's brilliance, you know? And so for me, I was able to marry those gifts that they gave me. But, you know, it's just like when my father died, I'm just thinking, you know, I go, he doesn't, you know, it's just like he wasn't on good terms with me when he passed away. And everyone asked me if I was felt bad about that. And I said, he's the one that was up with the jerk, <laughs> not me, you right. know? And I just went, I go, but I let him go because there was no other place for him to go. He can't, he can't, you can't live your life based upon a song of hope and a prayer, right. but you can live your life on belief, desire, and expectation. Right. Because when you're in that, mindset you can i say it all the time you can have anything you know and you can have the you can have the breakthroughs that you need because you'll meet the right people you know who can sit there with you and walk that path with you a bit so you get the right information so that you go like wow you know i would like to do this and it's like well have you ever thought because i'm a great problem solver do you have you ever thought about one two three four five you want to get there you know where are you at now how do we do that you know, because fear is only false experiences appearing real, you know, and the only time you have to really fear is if a saber toothed tiger is in front of you, someone pulls in front of your car, you know, or someone has a shotgun barreling right down at you, yeah. you know, and she, and those things are times when you might like, oh, this is not a good experience, <laughs> you, <Right>. know, and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's where the survival part of your you know, of your brain comes into effect, like, because that's the part that's primitive. That's the part that's always going to try to save you, but you can't listen to you. If you can control the talk that that primitive brain's receiving, then you win. And if you always go from a point of being win-win, no matter who you're dealing with, right. You know, then you go, then you're even, you're even better off. It's easier for you to control the lizard brain. Cause that's who's the, your culprit. That's the one that tells you you're not worthy enough. You have every right to be angry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Max, be angry. Um, right. 
because he did that to you. And your rhyme and reason brain, you know, like the mammalian brain is going, oh, he didn't show up then. It's just like he left me alone, blah, blah, blah. And then you have the outside of that piece of the puzzle coming in and you're saying like your conscious brain is going, he died of a heart attack. How was he supposed to get on a plane, train or an automobile? And he was already sick. Right. Exactly. You know, before when he left in January, you know, he was already sick when he left, you know, and, you know, and he felt like he was, in, you know, invincible. I mean, it's just like they, you know, they eat whatever they want and things like this. There's, you know, you have to pay the party. You have to yeah. pay the party you gave. You have to pay the person who organized that party, you know, for your life at some point in time. And that because we can change our constitutions of our body by eating better. So if you want to Absolutely. think better, anybody who's listening right now, if you want to think better, eat better. Don't eat garbage. Don't eat sugar. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% because I've gone through that because I know when I don't eat well, I, you know, they say you feel sluggish. You, you're not fast on your toes. You're, mm -hmm. you know, the brain fog. You don't sleep well. You don't you wake sleep up. well. When, when you wake you, up, you're angry. <laughs> right. And then you're when, you're, when you're eating right, at least to the best of your ability and you're exercising, you feel good. You feel good about yourself. Right. Yes. You're ready to take on the world and, and put yourself out there. Right. And it's so I love this conversation because you're right. When until I could forgive my father. Right. Even though I knew he, he, that it was his fault, but he was sick. Um. I became him, but worse, if you know what I mean, like in mm -hmm. my addiction, right? Because I swore before I really got into my addiction, I said, I'll never, when I was a little kid, right? I'll never be like my dad. If I have kids, I'm going to be the best dad ever. So fast forward, I go, you know, into my adulthood, right? I start, I'm in the Navy where my addiction starts and, and then I have children, right? And then we go through a divorce and instead of reaching out and asking for help, right. I dove into my addiction, my drinking, mm -hmm. my drugs. And why mm -hmm. I say I was worse than my father, right? Because my kids could literally Pat, Dr. Pat be in the house next to me, but I was so guilt ridden and shame ridden that I would end up not seeing my kids for nine years. Cause, and I could live in the mm -hmm. same city, you know, and I just, continued that cycle but one thing you said that resonates with me and that i've been working on ever since i got sober and you know into entrepreneurship and personal development is how do i talk to myself right because uh, i know if i'm not talking <clears throat> to myself i'm going to end up doing that with my children and now i've been back in my children's lives for almost 20 years right as a well, that's wonderful. sober dad and good for you and one thing i've learned on this journey is the brain can't tell the difference between it being real or, or not real when you're telling yourself. If you're mm -hmm. telling yourself, oh, absolutely, that's your conscious you know, brain, right? It's your conscious, like, yeah. Your conscious doesn't care. You know, it's just like it's like tell yourself all the good things. You know, because you know if you start to really believe them, then your subconscious is going to go like maybe like you know, yeah, I can do that. You know, and that's where that piece of the mammalian brain comes in because you can change it. It's the holy grail of marketing. That's how they get people in. You know, like they they talk to your pain point and they bring you from pain to pleasure. And you can do the same thing with yourself. You know, you can be your best marketer. Like you should be, you know, like investing in yourself and investing in your mindset and investing in those outcomes that you want to have. 
And it's just like in the day, anytime, I'm going to tell you a big trick, and this is for all your audience too. Anytime you think a negative thought, you can just say, stop it. You say, cancel, you know, and you say it with intention, you know, you freeze it, you push it away from you, you know, and because the, the power of your thought, your minds are so thought, you know, are so powerful and your thoughts are so powerful. It can undo anything good that you've done that you work so hard for, for such a long time. And you know that from being like in like AA of anything um, that you have, like, you know, it's just like that, that piece of the puzzle and every day you're starting that new day again. Right. You know, and that, you know, if you have a bad day and you start to slip, there's somebody that you can call. Because you never have to do it alone. That's what I love about being in the program you know? of AA. I've never had yeah. to be alone, you know? And it brought me to where I am today. And yeah. one thing that I learned early on that my sponsor drilled into my head and my the guys that I looked up to that were, you know, ahead of me was, and they would always tell me, Max, you can't think your way into better acting. You have to act your way into better thinking. So act, you know, and start telling yourself, Sorry. you know, you're a better person. Start telling yourself that you're worthy, right? And then act that way and it'll get better as you go through it. You know, when you want to manifest things in your life, you know, um, I recently got a ticket and I was working in the doctor's office and they texted me and said that there was an emergency patient and I needed to come in sooner than what they told me I had to be there. And so I stupidly had the telephone between my legs when I was driving um, and it binged. So I wanted to see, I thought for sure it was them because I had, needed to say like, yes, I can be there. I can't be there. I'm on my way, which I was going to tell them. And so when I drove, I was driving, I had my telephone come up like this and I moved and I put it like over, but I didn't take my eyes off the highway at all. This guy pulls me over. He gave me a summons to go to court. And I'm thinking, I've got to be someplace. I can't be here. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. The universe just got done saving you from probably getting that killed in an accident. Right. The universe just got done, um, you know, telling you that maybe you need to slow down, you know, and go hang out with your friends in Charlottesville, Virginia. So, and stop complaining, like, don't complain about it. I didn't, you know? And then when I went to court, I wrote a letter, you know, to, you know, from my side of view, like the reason why I shouldn't get a ticket. Cause I, I'm like it close to 70 years old and I have a clean driving record. <laughs> and so why would you want to tarnish it at my age? And so, you know, and things like that. So anyway, and I willed, I swear to God, I said, I said, do not let this guy, God, if you're God, do not let this guy. Cause he was so on it. Like, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. 13 people, this guy had cases for that day and he didn't show up. The judge was beside himself. And so everybody before me had to get up and go, I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, you know, to help you guy, blah, blah, blah. I get up and he said, are, are you Patricia Ballone? I said, I am. And he said, are you Patricia Ballone? And he goes, are you this Patricia Ballone, because he pointed to the letter that was inside my file, you know, and um, I said to him, that that's me. And, um, and he said, cases dismissed. He goes, Trooper didn't show up, you know. And so all those other people who believed the Trooper that they didn't have to show up and they were already guilty, all got was found guilty. And the people who came that showed up 
you know, even if he made you go like right. I testify, blah, blah, blah. They were all, all their cases were dismissed. Nice. I love it. And so, you know, it's just like with somebody, you know, it's just like, I'm thinking, you don't intimidate me. You know, who do you, the heck do you think you are? Who do you think you're talking to? You know, and that's, that's my attitude. It's just like, I'm polite to him, you know, and then I just, you know, cited that, you know, I go, and when he wanted to, to try to intimidate, it's all part perception. He put his hand inside my car and he, with this hand and had this hand on top of it. So his hand was inside of my car and I was sitting there and I was answering his questions. I was looking at his hand and, you know, my gut instinct was to tell him, get your hand out of my car, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, just go with the flow. There's this guy is already going to give you a ticket. So there's nothing you can do about it. You right. know, I didn't expect the summons, but see, you know, but the, you know, that part of it. And so at any rate, the, you know, and then I took pictures of his fingerprints, you know, and I put them in my letter because I said, you know, when he, I go as a single woman driving by myself, right. In right. a different state, you know, that was pretty invasive, you know, and, right. you know, and the, um, you know, it's just like a friend of mine is this uh, prosecuting attorney said they would take that as you're trying to make him look like a bad guy. He is a bad guy. He shouldn't do that. Right. It intimidates people. And so it wasn't a conversation about X, Y, and Z. So at any rate, the, you know, but I just, and I asked the judge, <laughs> he said, case dismissed. I said, do I have to do anything? And he said, no, you need to go out and enjoy your evening. I'm sorry you were inconvenienced. You know, nice. and I'm thinking, like, going, wow, you know, <laughs> I going back in my groove, <laughs> there you, go. you know, for sure. But I think that when we think bad things are going to happen to us, they do. They will find us. They will carry that black cloud that you, we talked about before around you, you know, and every day it's like you'll go out and you'll think like, oh, you know, it's just like I should like park over here, like, you know, or, you know, there's one time I'm driving in Florida. This is Florida for you. Um, and when I was in uh, acupuncture school and I decided to stay on the road instead of get off. Now, if I would have got off the road, you know, my windshield wouldn't have got hit with a brick about like this, that actually I saw the windshield bend in and come back out and flip over me and went through the windshield of the person behind me, you oh, know? Wow. And so, you know, and I'm thinking, that's what I said too. It's just like, oh my God, you know, if you could, when you see this thing in slow motion mm -hmm. go like, you know, it's like just hit the roof of my, the the hood of my front of my car and then kind of like jack knife off of that and hit the windshield behind me. And it didn't go through the passenger, it went through the passenger side. Luckily there wasn't anybody there, but okay. you know, the, but I just thought I'm going, God, like, why did it like, oh, if I, why did I didn't listen to my instinct? I listened to my instinct to go straight. And I decided, I go, it was because if I would have not done that, it probably went through the windshield of the pat of the driver's side of the person behind me, you know? Right. And it's just like, and it's only a car, you yeah, know? A window, and I've got, can be, a window can be replaced. Absolutely. When someone's hit the side of my car, they said, you're not mad. And I said, just fix it. I just want it back the way it was before. There's right. what is, what is there to get upset about? Exactly. Do I think you're like right side, left side is not connected? Absolutely. But it doesn't help to like push that in someone's face. You don't get any place with that. My mother or grandmother used to say, sugar goes a long way. 
but not when you eat it, by the way. Now, it's just like when you're like passing <laughs> on something nice and you're being sweet. Absolutely, right? You get more with sugar than you do vinegar, as they say. You know? Yes, vinegar is probably a little better for you, for your health, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, a natural, what, antibacterial or anti-whatever? All sorts of stuff. If you're ever tired and you need a pick-me-up, you know, take a tablespoon of cider vinegar and put it in about four ounces of water and drink it. Awesome. It will naturally bring your blood, it'll balance out your blood sugar levels and it'll bring your energy right back up. I didn't know that. See, we learn new things on this show every day, audience. So I hope you're paying I have attention. I have tons of them up my sleeves. Let's, you know, we could we could be here for a long time. Well, I'll have to bring you back on. I um, but I wanted to ask you some questions, right? All right. Um, there are questions that I like to ask. So as you can see, right? Winner Fearless Happiness. It's the title of my book. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so I like to ask my guests, I start with fearless. What does Dr. Pat fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Well, fearless means to me, um, you know, it's, it's like, I'm not scared of anybody or anything, you know, and I think then that's how I do my day. Um, in every day. So when I worked in doctor's offices during COVID, people asked me if I was scared of the virus. I said, it's a virus, it's not a disease, you know? And they would just say like, yeah, but, and I said, the more, every time you say, yeah, but you decrease your immune system. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And I said, so fearless to me is like not being, you know, is, it's like looking at things and like, it's like, what is it? Anything's, anything's possible. I'm a, anything's possible person, you know, it depends upon if you want it or not. If you don't want it, then the universe won't give it to you. They'll, it'll make you like trip, <laughs> fall, you know, do all sorts of other stuff. So I, that's to me where I see like being fearless. It's just, you know, just going like after, like you, you something happens to you, just keep on moving on. Keep moving forward, right? One step at mm -hmm. a time. I love it. So then the next question is happiness, knowing I put the why in there, right? Mm-hmm. I did that I on purpose. <laughs> so knowing I put the why in there, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Happiness is a choice. You know, and when you have, um, I couldn't be happier than I am right now because I would have to say I'm happy all the time, but I'm visiting a very good friend of mine up in Hillsdale, New York. And, um, you know, we laugh all the time. And I think that happiness encompasses like, you know, feeling good for others. My goal is to help people have enriched their lives and elevate their lives so that they can have a better understanding of their, of themselves so that whatever happens, it just happens and you just go to your life and have love it. Yep. That's exactly right. Just live your life the best you can and be the best you Right. As one of these groups I belong to, masterminded, one of their sayings is we work on being the best and most elite version of ourselves every day. Right. Mm -hmm. We we have core values. We live by integrity. We say what we mean. We mean what we say. And mm -hmm. right. We and you just we, do it. Right. We do. If you can't we, do it, then just don't say you're going to do it. <laughs> absolutely. So um, easy. It's not that hard. <laughs> right. But some people, you know, I know I've met along the way have a hard time with that. But but this is the kind, this is where I believe this is where God or the universe, whatever, is attracting these guests like yourself to my show, right? Because mm -hmm. they can share their experience, you know, of their life and what they do to help others, right? Because most of the people that I've brought on the show are 
huge on trying to help others become a better version of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. To be better people. I love to see people thrive. Absolutely, right? (laughs) Tell me what your definition of thrive is and I'll show you how to get there. See, I love it. See, there's divine intervention and Dr. Pat's here. I love it. Um, And that's why I keep doing this, right? Because, Mm -hmm. um, well, one, it was funny. I I do love people. I wouldn't do what I do for work (laughs) if I didn't love people, right? Because I would be Mm -hmm. like, I can't handle your whining. I got to go, you know? (laughs) So, um, like, let my audience know, like, where they can get your books or if they want to reach out to you and work with you, how do they get a hold of you? Great. My book is available on Amazon, for instance, and it is the one with the red letters. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? It's a workbook, a guidebook, and an advocating tool, and it will show you where to start your health journey and where to spend your time, your energy, and your money so that when you go to a doctor, you can actually say you can talk to him from a point of view of knowledge. And then you can put that knowledge into a step-by-step process. And then when you put that step-by-step process in, in place, then you can have a checklist so you don't like make sure you're not missing anything. Right. And so that it keeps you moving forward and keeps you elevated into a specific, you know, arena. Like where where is it? When, what's my goal? Where do I want to go? You know, and that's the piece about the book. So that's available at Amazon.com. Um, it's also available at Barnes and Noble, but Amazon.com is where it's most people understand. And it's the second edition. And the second edition has red letters on it. Um, so, you know, that's how you, you know, that piece. And there's also a question in the back on the back cover. Um, so that tells you whether or not the book's for you. Um, so far I, I haven't found a person that it wasn't. So, I love um, it. <laughs> you know, so just in case you, if somebody wanted to ask that question beforehand <laughs> and, um, and then secondly, people can get me on, um, Amazon, like, you know, on LinkedIn is how you and I found each other. Okay. And um, also, besides LinkedIn, there's, um, you know, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page. I have a personal page or a personal, whatever it's called, on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Instagram. And they're all based upon, which I'm sure you'll have in the show notes, you know, um, Dr. Pat or asked, you know, Dr. Pat Ballone, which is my full name. And or it will be in, you know, the form of Ask Dr. Pat, which is my Facebook page. So. People can reach out to me there. And the best place to really check out about what I do, and if you have questions, there's tons on my website is crisp, it's clean, and it's very directive. So when you go through it, and it's very interactive, on the front page, there's a microphone. So you can tap on that microphone, and you can send me a message, and it will come to my email. Um, And then you can say, excuse me. And then you can, we can piece back together and find out what the answer is. There's a couple quizzes on my uh, website and there's ways to work with me. I've been on over 200, excuse me, 220 podcasts. Um, so I am, I'm a veteran <laughs> at this point in time. Um, and, you know, and my benefit is I just feel like I have had the opportunity to help so many people. I love and it. that's the part that's, you know, for me, my heart is, um, you know, plays a big role. And, and then, you know, seeing people happy is really a good thing too, awesome. but that's how to get a hold of me. Um, and I can't think of anything else, um, you know, besides my uh, website, which is health team network, um, dot com and the LinkedIn, um, uh, with the show notes, feel free to reach out. You know, if you have a question, I am available to answer those questions. So that's, a, I would love to be able to support your people. Um, and if you want to buy my book, you get a free hour, like three, 30 minutes with me. And then, um, 
but I will do anybody who tells me that they come from this podcast today, I will give you an extra 30 minutes in case you run over. There won't be any charge for that. I love it. Thank you so much. But you're not quite off the hook. Just darn. Yet. What are you going to ask me now? <laughs> but I get to ask this last question. I ask every guest and that is, what is the one piece of advice you could give my audience, Dr. Pat, to become better human beings, you know, to, to become better people or better human beings and become that better person? Like, what is that one piece of advice you would give? My piece of advice for that would be to really honor yourself and honor your internal wisdom. And you know, and like when you do and like, you know, make it a goal, like every day, like to do something great for somebody that they don't expect and you don't expect anything back. Um, you know, so in taking care of yourself, you're able to take care of others. My father always used to say, you can't nurture somebody else if you don't nurture yourself. So go out and nurture yourselves. Okay. It's true. And, right. And, it's make, like a- and make, and make me proud. There you go, right? Like they say, you can't pour from an empty cup if you're not filling your cup up. And you got to take That's the time. true. You have to take good care of yourself. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Pat. I have had such a great time listening to you share with my audience your wisdom and just had a great time with you today. I had a great time with you too. We should do it again. <laughs> we will do and, it again. Uh, we'll right? do it again so, and again. And absolutely. Um, was- if you hear... Here's what I like to do. My audience, you know what I like to say. So if Dr. Pat made you think, if she taught you something, if she made you smile, she made you laugh. (laughs) And like my famous, if she made you go, hmm, right, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find the podcast and we'll bring her back. Again, Dr. Pat, thank you so much for being here and being such an awesome and amazing guest. You're welcome. You know, we're going to have to do this again. Um, I appreciate you. Until next time, everybody, we will talk to you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X, N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.